Hello, how you doing? Hope you're feeling well. My name is Ellie Angel Mobs and this is Living With Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis podcast, which is created for Endometriosis Australia, getting the conversations out there and educating you about endometriosis. Now, did you know that October is Mental Health Awareness Month? And this episode, uh, it's very special. I chat to registered psychologist and the professor of health psychology at Deakin University, Antonina McCoker-Wallace. Now, she's done some amazing work when it comes to mental health and pelvic pain, gastro issues, and now she's working on a really exciting project that involves endometriosis because she actually has got it as well. She will tell you all about that in this episode and also how you can take care of your mental health. Here is my episode with Antonina. Please enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Professor Antonina McCorker-Wallace. We really appreciate your time. Mm, no problem. My pleasure. Now, you are busy at the moment doing a holistic care study on code endo. We're going to touch on that a little bit later on, but you've got an extensive resume We'd be here for a long time if I went through everything that you've been able to achieve in your life. Um, you sound absolutely amazing. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm a psychologist. So by training, I work in health psychology. So I'm a registered psychologist, but sort of in the past, I would see patients as well as work at a university. But these days, it's predominantly um, university to teaching and research and supervision of, of other psychologists. I've been interested in the links between the brain and the gut for many, many years. And the research on sort of um, pelvic pain and um, in conditions such as irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease, colitis, this led me after years of studying this area to interest in endometriosis as well mm. as another pelvic pain uh, related condition. So that's generally really who I am and what I do. Antonina, it's interesting that you mention, you know, the Crohn's, the irritable bowel syndrome, um, the colitis, because a lot of patients will, when they first initially think it's endometriosis, they might be diagnosed with one of those conditions or they, they may have both. So it's interesting how those things go hand in hand as well with endo. Yeah, yeah, they do. And we know that, uh, particularly when we speak with people with endo, that the symptoms such as bloating or changes to bowel movements, they, they're very, very common. And I also hear from my colleagues in gastroenterology that they quite often um, get sent patients who other doctors, GPs think have IBS, but end up having endometriosis. And the same is true for gynecologists. They get mm. patients who, you know, GPs presume might have endometriosis and end up having IBS or another gastro condition. Had you heard of endometriosis before getting into studies with it? Uh, yes, I have endometriosis myself. Oh, wow. So, um, <laughs> I, I know it firsthand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's you know, partly where the interest came from, of course. Mm. Um, I happen to have colitis as well. So, you know, a lot of it is, you know, just informed by personal stories and, and meeting people with the illness. I feel like we are twins because I've just been diagnosed with the colitis too. Ah, you see. We're all surprised. <laughs> well, I shouldn't be laughing because it's, you know, it's not a very good combination. Well, but, if, you know. If we're not we laughing, we'd be crying is my attitude towards having to deal with these chronic illnesses because it really can put you in a bad place. But um, so when did you discover that you had endometriosis? It was 13 years ago. 
And it was during a surgery, actually, for something um, that, well, I didn't have really symptoms that anyone suspected would be endometriosis just mm. because of colitis, which I have had since I was a child. So anything, you know, if you have a diagnosis such as Crohn's or colitis, I think anything else after that is attributed to this condition. So <laughs> it's as if, you know, somehow you become immune um, to other conditions, which obviously is not true. But um, I had some problems with my ovaries and, um, you know, um, I think the doctor suspected this must have been IBD. Mm. But um, in the end, you know, the doctor said, oh, you know, there's something on your ovary. Well, we need to do a surgery. And they did a surgery and they found endometriosis. Um, so this is, you know, how it started. Light bulb moment. You go, oh, OK, another one to add to the list. <laughs> yeah, another one. <laughs> so this has led you into your passion, which you are now doing, uh, which is the code endo for whole holistic care study. Can you tell us a little bit about this? So the story with Codendo actually probably started maybe 15 years ago and it started with my interest in gastroenterology and changing the model of care there. There was a lot of interest a while ago in building this sort of new model of care where people would have access to clinicians in one place, you know, and it will be going beyond seeing your surgeon only, but having access to allied health practitioners. And I did a lot of work Work for years trying to establish this in um, Crohn's and colitis and succeeded in that. And at some point we thought, well, you know, here is a condition that's been really neglected mm. um, and nobody has done half the research that it's done on IBS or IBD. Um, and well, surely, you know, we need to know a bit more about it. And you know, I started to study this and understand that, well, there's more similarities than differences in the approach. So most chronic conditions would benefit from having um, other practitioners than just the physician. So in many conditions, it's a specialty nurse. Um, there would be a dietitian, there could be a psychologist or a physiologist. And obviously, you know, people would naturally move you know between different practitioners so at the moment you know if you have endo mm -hmm. you wouldn't necessarily have access to all these practitioners within the public health model so you go to see your physician and then you use your private health care or you pay you know out of pocket mm -hmm. for seeing all these different practitioners so my dream was to put them in one place so that they all also speak to each other and then you know as a patient you then have a access to this expertise from a variety of different fields and because you know these people speak with each other they sit in one place there is sort of no misunderstanding or delays to um to care so so that was really the idea and code endo was born out of the research we've been doing for the last few years mm -hmm. testing different um approaches to helping people with endometriosis and chronic pelvic pain using psychological but also mind-body approaches such as yoga. At the moment, sort of Codendo is planned as this new virtual care approach in which you would be able to have access different types of psychological treatment, um, something like cognitive behavior therapy, but also acceptance commitment therapy, hypnotherapy, for example, but also a, a very diet-focused module because what we are planning is um, going to be available online in a series of modules that will have some pre-recorded materials and classes and activities and is meant to be interactive. Obviously, that's, that is not going to replace a contact with um, 
um, with a clinician, but it's a starting point to try yoga designed for endometriosis for eight weeks. And if that's something that you enjoy, that you find beneficial, then you can continue. But in a way, it can save you money in trying all these different alternative practitioners mm. where not everything may actually suit you and might be for you. Here, you can try it for free and you could try it for eight weeks. And as I said, you know, it will vary from yoga, physio, diet to different psychological approaches. Wow. Where were you when I was going to try and find psychologists or hypnotherapists or, you know, yoga and all of this is a fantastic idea. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, look, it's um, it's something that I've been talking to people with endometriosis for years about and, and different consumer groups. Um, and, you know, it's just an idea, you know, collecting all these different things that people find useful. Um, we're also thinking, you know, about adding different modules as we go. So <clears throat> Codendo is not a finished product. Even when we finish testing, I want to add things. So say we learn more about medicinal marijuana for endo, then I want to add materials on it mm. and tell people as much as possible. Or we learn about other techniques. Maybe there will be some new physio techniques or some other physical activity that can reduce pain or help manage, you know, other symptoms associated with endometriosis. So I wanted to to grow. And that's the thing too, with endo patients, not everyone is the same. Someone may benefit oh, no, from no. Ta- doing hypnotherapy, but others may not get the benefits out of it. And they may found yoga to be the really good approach or yes, there's all these exactly. different measures. And basically you kind of need to go and try before you buy, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And look, you know, there's no, in a way, there's no penalty. What we will do in this study, because Codendo will be tested at the moment, is being put together. So we've had these different interventions we've been testing for years, but we want to put them in a sort of nice um, person-friendly format so Mm. that it's easy to access. And we will ask people about, you know, what is the biggest challenge living with IBD. And we'll try to suggest um, some modules, but we won't be forcing anyone. So in a way, you can ignore what we suggest and you could go for what you what interests you so you know if in principle you don't want to try say psychological treatment but you know you want to do yoga or other types of movement with physiotherapy you're very welcome to do it so if people want to take part how can they get involved is there a a chance for anyone listening to take part Yes, but we are not recruiting yet. We will be recruiting from September 2024. So at the moment, anyone interested, you know, who would like us to contact them could contact our studies email and that's codeendo at dekin.edu.au. So just codeendo at dekin. And uh, they can leave expression of interest. But at the moment, as I said, it's all being put together. Um, so it's being tested, pre-tested, and we consult with, with our um, consumer groups who are involved in project on what we are doing you know, throughout the process. So mm-hmm. when we're all happy with that, um, which I'm hoping will be by September next year, mm-hmm. then we will start recruiting and promoting the study. Well, I know that Endo Australia are keeping a close eye on the developments for this and I'm sure once it launches, then we will definitely be talking about it and sharing it too because it just sounds like such a fantastic initiative and congratulations to you and the team for coming up with it. Oh, thank you. And look, we hope it works and that this will offer some help to people who would normally not have 
easy access to all these therapists. And I guess the beauty of it is as well that even if you have access to physiotherapists, to dietitians, they may not necessarily know much about endometriosis. Mm. Whereas, you know, what I hear from, from people I work with, um, different patients who, who come through clinical trials, is that they want the therapist to understand what they are going through. So not to be just a general physio but a physio who actually understands the you know the physiology of the condition and how to help with pain or a dietitian who actually have met a few people with endometriosis so that's what what we plan to do so we involve clinicians and researchers and therapies who have worked with people with endo such a fantastic idea i absolutely love it and just wanted to touch on as well because you are a psychologist and coming up October is Mental Health Awareness Month here in Australia. There's been a lot of focus on mental health, um, which is fantastic. I think that the big shining, po- the big changing point was COVID, and all of a sudden, mm. especially in workplaces, people were starting to get an understanding around the way that mental health can impact an employee, etc. And there's been a lot more conversations around mental health. Why is it that someone with a chronic illness like endometriosis is more prone to getting a mental health issue? Well, it's a very good question because, and it's not an easy answer to it Mm. because there's many reasons. So um, it's true for most chronic conditions. And some of it is just that, you know, it's just harder to live with, um, with a chronic condition, even if you have it relatively okay. So if your disease is well controlled, um, you still have a burden of, you know, of symptoms, um, of taking medications, of side effects. Um, But with endometriosis specifically, there's quite a few, I think, mechanisms. So one one of these mechanisms is that endometriosis is an inflammatory condition. And there's quite a lot of exciting research happening on inflammation and mental health. So what this research shows is that if you have an inflammatory condition, you're just more prone to um, to conditions such as anxiety and depression. So it's sort of a physiological process, like a vulnerability, because the body has to deal with this um, chronic inflammatory process. Mm. It impacts how your brain operates, and somehow the brain changes its perceptions of the you know surrounding world and may perceive them as sort of less. Um, uh, happy or less fulfilling and that sort of is the first step to depression so that's one thing Mm. the other one is that you know you may have um, had a surgery and may have side effects of it you may be living with pain which is probably one of the most common reasons for it the pain that could come you know around different times um, in your menstrual cycle this is you know the story for many people around your period around your ovulation but for some people it's there daily Mm. you know and living with um, with something like that it's just you know it's really really hard particularly that, you know, there's this hopelessness, you know, with will anything really make it better or different? Mm. So there's quite a few layers to it. There are also individual vulnerabilities, you know, some of us don't live in safe homes, you know, some of Mm. us don't have stable employment. We know that people with endo, uh, because they spend so much out of pocket, they really don't have huge savings quite often. Um, that, you know, if you if you live in this kind of very tricky situation or you have to move back with your parents and, and have other scenarios, this all contributes. There's so many factors that play into part when you have got endometriosis. It's not just the pain, it is the mental side of things. And what would be your biggest piece of advice as a psychologist for someone listening who is going through the motions of this illness? Hmm. I would definitely monitor myself. So, you know that you know all of us feel 
just blue occasionally and there's nothing wrong with it but it's I guess you know if you observe yourself and it's something that you know it's been a week another week and you're not feeling particularly great and or you're feeling more and more miserable uh, to me this is the time to do something about it and obviously the first point of contact is your GP mm-hmm. because they have avenues you know for referring you to a psychologist but you also can try things for yourself and and I guess you know the risk of waiting too long is that certain things get worse but but also you know I can understand that you know it's been a week and I'm not feeling really good so I'll try to make myself feel a bit better so I would um meditate a bit more I would go to yoga I would socialize with friends I would take up you know some craft or some other pleasant activity and so people do try so this is sort of self-help they read books you know they they do stuff like that but if this sort of fails or is not really providing you with with what you need Mm. then I would definitely seek help and GPs can refer you to psychologists or other types of counselors, social workers as well, people working um, in this area and supporting you. I wanted to say that there are online resources, but, you know, there's very few endospecific mental health resources. I'm hoping that Codenda will change this, that there will be this, you know, psychological programs that people can can access Mm. um, that will speak to them. At the moment, there's there's, there's some universal ones. There's quite a lot of um, things like, you know, apps to do with, um, you know, CBT online or, um, you know, the the apps where you can do mindfulness activities, for example. So you could do things like that. But I actually really think at some point it's nice to talk to someone, Mm. particularly that when we get get really sad for extended period of time we sort of lose I think objectivity of how far we are gone and um, you know we may lose the will to 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 look for help so I think at some point not too late um, you know into the process of getting um, you know depressed or anxious is good to talk to someone Mm, and it really is such a powerful thing to do it can seem like the most scariest thing ever when you reach that point and the last thing you want to do is actually to go and talk to someone but then I know when I went to my GP and I was first diagnosed with anxiety and at that stage I was going through depression having just been diagnosed with endometriosis it was you know the full Mm. works and I found after that moment of telling my GP what was going on and then letting me know okay this is you know what is happening it was like a band-aid got ripped off and mm. or like a backpack was taken off my shoulders and I felt free and it was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm ready to take the steps to get myself back into a better health mentally. Exactly. And I also really think that, you know, people with any chronic condition should have a GP they trust. So I am, you know, um, very, very picky in choosing my GPs and I've moved around, you know, across the world and it took me always a while, but then I stick with this one person I trust. So I think you should keep looking. If somebody, if you feel like your GP is not, you know, that focused on you or um, doesn't offer you what you need, I think just find another one. Mm. Find someone who will be interested in you. There's plenty of lovely GPs around. Um, and a lot of them have um, a deep interest in mental health and helping people. And they know of so many resources. I know myself, you know, even some of the apps I have on my phone, even though I'm a psychologist, but my GP, you know, when I fell down, recommended a few of them. So we'll start there. If after a couple of weeks, you're not better, come back, you know, we'll keep talking, you know, we'll see if you, even though I'm a psychologist, mm. I also need, you know, help. 
I can't necessarily always help myself. Mm. So um, I think if you have a GP you trust, this is this is such a huge win. It's like dating. You've got to keep going around yeah. until you find someone you yeah. really, really like. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Antonina, do you mind sharing some of those apps that you go to on your phone? So I have, let me just have a look. I have Smiling Mind um, that I've used for quite a while. So a lot of them would be mindfulness. So there will be, you know, even if you put mindfulness in your um, app search engine, you will find quite a lot. I just go through a mm-hmm. lot of them, but I think Smiling Mind and there's Calm as well. Oh, Some yes. of them you have to pay for some of them like you know you are offered for example you know I don't know first six sessions for free and then you need to buy subscription so I usually would try to find those that are free of charge um, or offer quite a lot of things and I can't really sort of oh there's Headspace as well Mm -hmm. so Headspace was something that I really enjoyed but I think it's Headspace and Smiling Mind that I've used predominantly it really are powerful tools as well. Just help with your mindfulness yeah. and it's creating yeah. about the da- daily habits as well. So you take that time exactly. to pause yeah. and reflect. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So. It can be so powerful. Well, Antonina, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your exciting project for Code Endo, which does stand for co-designing, evaluating and implementing supportive care for endometriosis. Hopefully in 12 months in September next year, you'll be launching it and we'll be able to take part and help continue with your studies. It will be lovely to hear people's views and what they, you know, what they find useful. What we want to do is to learn as much as possible because, you know, um, as researchers, you know, we talk to obviously, you know, a limited number of people. You know, I would do research, even surveys with a few hundred of people, but we have probably, you know, over a million of people living with endo in Australia. So obviously we haven't spoken to all of them. Um, So it's really valuable to Mm. hear from people about how we can make it better for them and, you know, how cold endo should evolve. And it's really important too, when you do see endometriosis sharing studies, these various research things which are happening, that we take part because without patients, then you, Antonina, and the people doing the research can't get the answers that we are after. Yes, well, that would be lovely. I try to take part in all possible studies, even, you know, uh, quite simple surveys I get sent by by different students just to help because, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of potential in research, uh, particularly in sharing your views and, you know, and saying what needs to be changed. And, you know, if you have strategies that have worked for you, or if you say, for example, I, I like sort of going overseas and talking to people living there and seeing if there are solutions that are better than what we have and can we import some of the solutions from different healthcare systems to Australia that could make people's life better. It's all about making life easier for our endo warriors across Australia. Professor Antonina McCulker-Wallace, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. And congratulations once again on Code Endo. Looking forward to this holistic care study being launched next year. Keep your eyes across it on Endometriosis Australia's website. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Ellie. Thank you so much to Antonina McCoker-Wallace, the Professor of Health Psychology at Deakin University, a registered psychologist, and she had so many great tips in there as well. And if you do need immediate help, you can reach out to Lifeline. They have got trained counsellors available 24-7. The number to call is 13 11 14. Thank you so much for listening to this special episode of Living with Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis. If you'd like to feature on this podcast, make sure you get in contact with us all right. 
Check out endometriosisaustralia.org. You can shoot us an email there and get all the news and info, the very latest about endometriosis in Australia. I really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to this and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Take care of yourself.